and the self-doubt came in. And so I was, I was, I'd spent my entire life being a people pleaser, helping others in any way that they needed to the point that I said, dang it, who the heck am I? What is it that I want? I know what they want and I can be what they want, but I don't know who I am or what I want. And I think it's about time to do something about that. It's not about besting the enemy. It's not about becoming better than someone else. What it is, is about learning how to get better yourself every day. And here at Achieve Greater, we connect amazing and awesome people with amazing, awesome people who need them. So stay tuned, listen closely, and watch as your life unfolds through our next guest. Hey, welcome everybody. Thank you to another episode of Achieving Greater. My name is Chad Nedlin. I'll be hosting today, but that's a side note because the most important thing that we have is we have Karen Stoltz here with us today. And she believes that it's time for you to experience true joy and prosperity so that you can have more energy and more freedom in your life, living your life on purpose with your terms. So with no, no further waiting, no more chatting by Chad, Karen. <laughs> Welcome. Tell us about your awesome life of success. Hey, thanks so much, first of all, for having me, Chad. This is so great. It's wonderful to hang out with you. And it, it's, it's just fun. And for me, fun is number one. And so my awesome life success system actually starts with awareness and allowing and ends with an E of enjoyment and fun. And that is where it's all about. And we can do that, can't we? We can mm. really enjoy that energy and and the the freedom that most people want. When I was researching what I wanted to do, what would what, what, what would I didn't know? I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up, like at the age of sixty. Uh, I had no idea what I wanted to do at that point, and it all came together well i had a general idea but could i do it could i do it and the self-doubt came in and so i was i was i had spent my entire life being a people pleaser helping others mm -hmm. in any way that they needed to the point that i said dang it who the heck am i what is it that i want i know what they want and i can be what they want but I don't know who I am or what I want. And I think it's about time to do something about that. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it all it all came together in uh, being able to do some coaching. Basically, the, it all started. I'm backing and forthing, Chad. you got to keep me on track oh, here. No, 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 you're good. Uh, <laughs> keep going. I'll reel you in if you go too far. I don't want you to drown in happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Life is meant to be joyful and happy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. and, and that is where I, I knew, I knew that although I was very lonely growing up, um, not a real upbeat, joyous person, but I was never unhappy. Mm -hmm. I, I had that feeling and knowing inside that things would work out, whatever it was. I just knew it. And I, I didn't know why people would come to me and say, golly, Karen, I wish I had your life. 
I said, well, you really don't want to have my life because my life is my life and you have a pretty awesome life if you take the time to look at it mm -hmm. and really appreciate what you do have. And that is what makes the world go round. We're all different. But what all started all of this, I was not a personal development person at all in any way, shape or form. I read murder mysteries, you know, and basically it comes down to the same thing. Analyzing solving problems right figuring out what's going on and solving the problems mm -hmm. so i uh, i was caring for my uh 95 year old parents and living with them and my mom who had always been very upbeat and always uh oh she was the excuse queen of the world and i am i i gathered that excuses for other people, if somebody was feeling bad, I could give you the excuse, a reframe to feel better about yourself. That's what it was all about. Okay. She taught me that. And she was living with a lot of regret. She was dying with a lot of regret. And I thought, dang, this is not, after a life like you have had, the privileges, the joys, how could you be dying with regret? And I thought, that's not for me. I have to find a different way. And if I go back home from my parents to my husband and have to go back to a job or somebody else, getting up, going to work, coming home, being too tired to do anything. And my husband had retired, so he was off having a great time. <laughs> you think I might have a little bit of regret? and resentment maybe <laughs> a little bit maybe <laughs> so i i i i can see it all now i sat there and said what am i going to do i cannot go back to the way it was and i definitely don't want to die the way my mom is right now i just there has to be a better way and I open up and I finally stop the tears. The tears are coming down my face. I stop the tears and I opened up a magazine. I said, all right, you're not helping your parents if you're sitting here crying, right? So mm -hmm. I open up the magazine and I said, coaching, coaching is the next new thing in the world. So about 2001, I, I called up my husband and I said, okay, they have an online coaching program and I'm going to take it. And they have a personal development part of that that they just started and I don't know I don't believe in personal development I believe that everybody is unique and we just need to go with the flow and work on the things that show up and so I'm not too sure about this personal development thing but with that said can't hurt mm -hmm. and if it isn't going to hurt you or somebody else give it a shot that's one of my philosophies. You never know what'll happen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Absolutely. The world could light up for you and be fantabulous. And that is pretty much what occurred. So I, I struggled. I did struggle for years and years and years. And I did. I, I got certified in everything under the sun. And I realized that coaching per se was not my forte. 
um, there had to be fast. When somebody is hurting, when they're feeling badly, there has to be a faster way to feel better. So I started researching all of that and I came up with the heart energy techniques, which is a conglomeration of everything that I've gotten certified in through the years, <laughs> EFT, hypnosis, NLP, energy work, essential oils, everything. Just put them together in a way that will help people feel better in the moment so that we can start recalibrating the way we look at things, shifting and appreciating what we have because it is our world is grateful. You and I were talking about that a little bit earlier, Chad, about our, yep. uh, you wake up and, and you, it's one thing to set the intention, but you need to be aware and allow the wonderful stuff to come through be aware of it and be grateful for it because it does come through. Yeah. And yeah. Um, like, like you said, what we were talking about earlier, I think that's a good point is not only do we just set the intention, like that's important. We've got to know why we're doing it and what we intend on doing. Like this morning you said, Hey, I had an intention of having a very productive day and I've had a very productive day. Why don't I feel great? <laughs> like, what's the missing part? And for me, one of the things that I found I ran into is because I am very, very much outcome driven. Like I'm driven by outcome. When I was in the military, there was a task, there was an objective, there was an accomplishment. When I was a household mover, there was a directive and an objective and an accomplishment. You know, all through my life, everything was very much an end result driven focus. And as soon as it was done, it was over. And I always felt myself going, um, now what? And I had, I was, I was working with, with some homeless at the time. And I had, uh, I had hobo. <laughs> that's, that's what they called him. That's what he called himself was hobo. He was a, he was a train rider, which is a, a dying breed of transient these years. And he would hop the trains and just travel all over the country on the trains and try and miss the bulls in the yard. And, and, uh, he says, well, what do you do when you, when you finally arrive? And I says, well, I got to find another destination. He goes, well, if you do that, he says, you spend your entire line, uh, entire time trying to get somewhere else. And I said, well, you, you hop a train. I said, what do you do when you finally arrive? He goes, I stick around and enjoy it every once in a while. He says, if I lived my life just to get on a train, how would we have this conversation? I'd be on a train. And I sat there and I thought about it for a minute and I was like, how do you do that? How do we get to that point? point? And he says, well, tomorrow morning, he says, I'm gonna head into town. We're gonna pick up some water here for the camp. He says, we're gonna find a little bit of food. He said, why don't you come with me? I'll show you how to do it. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, well, this dude's been doing this for like 20 some years. I'll learn something from this man. And the next day we got up and we went in town and, you know, we visited and we shared our story and whatnot. And, and we picked up some water and filled up some water bottles and stuck them in a backpack. And we picked up some food from the local food shelf that would be stable so we could take it back. And, you know, then we headed, walked about seven miles back outside of town 
just about enough time to catch the train, which was slowly leaving, and we rode it for about three quarters of a mile and hopped off before it picked up speed, and then we walked the rest of the way to the camp. And we sat down, and we're just kind of chatting. I said, I thought you were going to show me how to just enjoy once we got to the destination. And he looked at me and goes, well, I had a great day, didn't you? And I realized, you know, we spent the whole day laughing and sharing stories and developing friendship. You know, I found out about three years later that Hobo had passed away. And he passed away doing what he loved because one of the, one of the bulls found him on a train in the yard. Because he hopped on a train and he passed away doing the thing that he loved, traveling across the country. And he was so happy and I thought, you know, and when he got there, he got to stay in the one place that he was happiest because he learned how to abide. And I think for me, that was like a big kicker was it, it just says, you know, the, the destination driven, the productivity, we have to say, why do we want it to be productive? Why do we want to get to that point? And then once you're there, what are you going to do with yourself? Are you going to be grateful for it? Are you going to enjoy that time? Are you going to abide in that place? Or are you just going to hop a train and go do the next thing? And for me, that was such a wake-up call because it, it said, I have a choice in my life to always be driven or to stop and enjoy it and to find that happiness. And I made a decision that day before I went to bed. I said, no matter where I go, I will always find time to abide, to be present, to just be who I am instead of just always trying to make myself better, which is a daily process for me. I'm always in that growing phase. But there's a time when a tree grows without any effort, just by being a tree. And we should be able to do the same because a tree growing without any effort can turn to something that's massive, strong to provide shelter, housing and protection from the weather, and it's done nothing but just abide in being what it was created to be. And it was like, whew, why can't we do that in our life more often? <laughs> you know? And I think well, it's prob it. probably because they haven't spent enough time talking with you and figured out that, you know, there's a process to get to that point. It is, it is, it, but it's not hard. And I think that's part of it. It may not be real easy, but it's very simple. And it's not very hard. And what I've come to realize that we have been ingrained that nothing is can be satisfactory if it has not been hard. Mm -hmm. And I, I never lived under a bridge. I never lived in my car. I've slept in my car, hmm. but you know, I, I've been very fortunate in life and I always knew there was something better. And so that is one of my, my mantras is how can it get better than this? I don't know, but I can't wait to find out because it, it gives that curiosity that allows the universe to come to us and, and show up, but we have to allow it and be aware of it when it does show up so we can appreciate it and just revel in the glory of it 
And right now I, I am sitting here and the sun is coming out for the first time today. And it's like, oh, this is wonderful. I mean, I'm sitting here with Chad. The <laughs> sun is out. I don't have to rush out this evening. How does it get better than this? I don't know, but I can't wait to find out. This is so cool. Well, so you get a double portion. You get the sun coming down on your end and it reflecting off my forehead from this side. <laughs> you you get a double portion. <laughs> That's why I'm all sunburned here. <laughs> it's, it's the glare. It's the glare. I used to joke with my cousin who he, he lost most of the hair on the top of his head by the time he was 19. So poor guy. But every time I'd see him, I'd be like, hey, how you doing? But now now that I keep my hair cut really short, I, I can't to uh, I can't get out of it. I got to got to admit it is. Short. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it. And there is a benefit in all of it. Sig Ziglar said, look for the good. Sometimes it's a little challenging to look for the good. But the fact is, again, we were talking about it earlier. Be aware of what is good going on around you. The bills are coming in. We were talking yeah. about, you introduced me about prosperity. Well, I like money. I like money. And honestly, what I realized was that I loved money, but I was repelling it. And how? Why? Yeah, I have everything I need around me, but I was not appreciating it. I had everything I needed, but I didn't have it the way I wanted it to be coming to me. Mm. And that was that was a bit of a challenge, to say the least, to have that go in. Also, hey, I was getting everything I needed by playing victim. Now, mm. mind you, I never saw myself as a victim. I never felt like a victim. I never thought of myself in any way as a being victimized ever. So it took many years for me to be aware and allow that fact to show up but when i did to be able to honor that and say you know what i know i'm not a victim i've never felt like a victim hmm. how come you're friggin playing like a victim right and well it was serving me people would do things for me oh poor karen things would would happen because i was playing victim and that was not a person that I wanted to be by any means. I wanted to be strong and able and and be able to create this prosperity around me. What happened when you when you made that shift? When you said, I'm I'm not a victim, but that's been my identity. It but was what did you do when you said, Hey, that that isn't who I want to be? And it, it, it took a while. I actually um, had a little bit of a breakdown. And I didn't realize that it was at the time. I just said, you know what? I'm not happy. Hmm. And I don't know what to do about it. 
and I've been playing and I've been this identity for so long, what am I going to do? And the universe came and said, hey, smack you across the face, just knock it off. You are, you are playing victim again, you are no victim and it's time for you to stand up and show the world that they do not have to be a victim. Like I said, I have had a fabulous life. I have a lovely home in the middle of Maine, my husband, I, I, but I wasn't making any money in my work. Mm. And that was my goal, to make money, right? I mean, you can't have a business without making money. So I, uh, the universe slapped its hand across my face. Actually, it was more like a two before across the back <laughs> of my head. But I said, okay, all of a sudden the phone started ringing. When I let go, the phone started ringing. People called me and said, Karen, you helped me 10 years ago. And it was so phenomenal. I need your help again. I don't even know who you are. And when I called, you said, I don't know if you helped me or not. So I was feeling very dejected all those years. Come to find out, no, it. I was making a difference. And I could get paid and I could help others do the same thing. And all it really takes is, and that's where the awesome life success system came into play, was in 2018. And it was awareness and allowing, always, in everything. Be aware of what is going well. Be aware of what is not going well. And set an attitude of, okay, this is not going very well. Thank you very much. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. This is actually piss poor. However, I got the choice to change because I am not a victim and I don't have to buy into it. I can start making that change now. And looking at our wellness, I have so many people, they say, oh my gosh, I'm so sick. And I know it's emotional, and I know it, or, or maybe not. Maybe they don't recognize that. They say, well, nothing I can do about it. This is the way it's going to be, and it's only going to get worse from here. What are the other possibilities? How are you going to look at it? You've you may have seen these people as well, uh, double, triple amputees who are teaching karate and judo. Mm -hmm. uh, it is attitude. It is the way you are looking at things. And then going into your environment, who are you hanging out with? What are you doing? Is it a cluttered environment? Is it an emotionally energy vampire environment and what solutions can we find and sometimes those solutions require reaching out to somebody like yourself or myself or any any or, uh, just a friend mm -hmm. but reaching out and getting that support to help you make the shift not 
to buy into the story. I know you're all about stories, but you know, let's not buy into that story. Right. Well, see, the the power of the story is all we have is we all have a story. But when people, when I start teaching people about the power of story, I also start to teach them. But we have the power to create the story that we tell ourselves, and yeah. that's the story that rules how we move forward. That's it. And you know, a good good example of that is that um, you know it's all about our our attitude or our, our approach to things. And so I'm going to tell on myself here. Uh, after I got out of the military, um, I went through a terrible divorce. My world was tipped upside down. Everything that I believed in, family, everything was just stripped away from me. Lies were told. And I was completely alone in the world. And I saw somebody else who was hurting worse than I was. And they were unable to get themselves out of that situation. So I took my military training and I made sure that they never had to endure that pain again. And I got them to a safe place and I happily turned myself in and took, took a prison sentence. I got a felony and I did two and a half years because I went into somebody's house, took their payroll and took it to get a 17 year old girl to a safe place for six months until she was 18. So she didn't have to be sexually abused anymore. Mm. And I said, I know what the price is for this, but it's worth it. I knew I would have to carry a felon being a label that the world put on me for the rest of my life. Mm. And I says, you know what? It's a badge I'm willing to carry because I know what I did was the right thing. It may have been the wrong way, but it was the right thing to do. The judge before sentencing, she says off the record, this blew me away. She said, 20 years ago, we'd have put a pin on your chest and called you sheriff. She says, but it's a criminal case, not a civil case. And we have to convict you because you, you're pleading guilty. She says, we don't even have any evidence. And I said, you don't need evidence in light of truth. And she said, well, you know what the minimum is? She says, I'm going to give you three years. And uh, the minimum was not three years. For what I did, it was 10 years. And she let me off at three years, which I came out early on parole. But the, the key thing is I was a felon. My brother, Chris, as a minor got mad at somebody that was with his girlfriend and called it and made a terroristic threat on the phone. Basically, he threatened to beat him up on the phone. <laughs> so he carries in his mind this label of terroristic threats. And as a result, he can't get a job, can't hold a job, can't be hired anywhere because he's a felon. And I'm like, dude, you, you don't actually have a felony. <laughs> like, it would have been a felony if you were an adult, but you, you weren't. So he's carried this. Well, he was living in another state. I came back up to Wisconsin. First thing I did, went and got me a job. Assistant manager at a local gas station. And he's like, you, you what? I says, yeah, I'm your assistant manager at the gas station. He's like, how'd you get that job? I was like, I walked in, I applied, I presented myself to him, I got the job. I worked there for six months. I got promoted from cashier to, to assistant manager. And he went, Man, I'm coming over to that town. He said, if you can get a job, then I know I could get a job. And I'm like, well, what's stopping you? Mm -hmm. Over 30 years later, he was still holding on to this story that he was unhirable. And he goes, well, how, how'd you get the felony past corporate? 
I said, get past. I says, I walked in, I sat down for the interview. I says, hey, before we get started, I just want to let you know, I have a felony from over 20 years ago. If you'd like the details of the case, I'll be happy to talk to you about it. I says, I'm an open book. It was 20 years ago. I'm not the man that I was then. If that's going to be an issue, I want to be respectful of your time and we can end the interview now. If it's not going to be an issue, then we can either discuss it or we can talk about the important thing, which is how big of an asset that I'll be for your company. Mm -hmm. Either way, we move forward, you win. And since we don't move forward, your competitor will. How would you like to proceed? They never asked another thing about the felony. And he's like, that doesn't work. I'm like, I'm the assistant manager. <laughs> like, apparently it does. You know, it's, whatever story we assign to ourselves is also how the world receives us. And it blew my mind that still today, he's over 50. And he's still living in that same narrative. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen that among my clients, too. It's it's no matter how much evidence I, I'm a big believer. I need I need that scientific evidence or at least evidence that shows it for me. And I do my research. I I, I do my my studies and I. And not all in one place. I don't go to the one guru and say, all right, what is it? But I know I have um, a colleague, bless her. She's, she's amazing at what she does. And she's gotten through, she has her PhD. She, she uh, it, it is just amazing at what she does. And her stories are keeping her and and she is making lots of money but is she happy mm. she's not able to be free and enjoy everything around her because it's yeah it looks on the outside like she's got it all and in reality she does but she's not appreciating it to the full extent mm -hmm. and and i said and when I was starting out and I needed people to try hypnosis on, for example, to get my, my degree, um, she let me hypnotize her and I did the EFT with her. And, and I asked her a little bit later on, how, how was that working for you? She said, I don't know. What, what did you do? And I told her and she said, well, I guess maybe it, it worked. But you know what, Karen? I don't believe that anything except talk therapy for 40 years is going to be helping. And so we have a different philosophy of the way to look at things. I prefer a lot faster. Now, will, will things come up? Oh, yeah, they'll come up. And we can address them when they come up. And they won't come up as often because we learn how to respond to things like you, you learned how to speak, how to respond ahead of time as opposed to reacting. And these are things that can be learned and executed. And yeah, it takes a little practice. But when you have the right support, it it is not as difficult as it might be. Mm -hmm. If you're open and aware and enjoy the final e of that is enjoyment of 
up the awesome life, this enjoyment, have fun. Every single day, find something to have fun with. And and you don't, it isn't a rah-rah, go out and party and everything. It is just, really, it's appreciating. Mm -hmm. It's appreciating and the gratitude and and maybe laughing on your own. I, I, I'm a great promoter of uh, <laughs> laughing yoga. I mean, really, laugh for no reason. I, I was like, you would, you would love to peek your head into my office. <laughs> you know, towards the end of my day, you'll if you poke your head in my office or stick your head in one of the windows, you'll see me just chuckling away and laughing. My wife has come up and she's like, what is so funny? I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was outside with the kids outside your office. What are you laughing about? I'm like, life. And <laughs> life you know, it's just good. It, it <laughs> you, you can laugh and you can, because our, our subconscious, our, our physiology does not understand the difference between a fake laugh and a real laugh. So you can really laugh and you bring up that energy you you lift those endorphins and in a matter of a minute or two you can go from down in the depths of despair right up if you allow it exactly and here's the cool part this is this is a powerful part people don't get did you know you can walk into a food court with a bunch of hustling, bustling people, busy trying to get a quick bite to eat so they can get back to shopping, to get back to work. Everybody's at this high-stress state. Nobody knows anybody. Sit down and start laughing. You have the ability to alter the state of hundreds of strangers just by you taking the initiative. I have gotten, literally gotten an entire food court laughing their butts off. At a, at a mall one time one dude finally came over it was the janitor he was the one that was you know doing the cleanups of the table and stuff and he's like what is so funny I, <laughs> I have no idea and i just went blank and turned around and walked away well you know what and, and you remind me of a youtube video they kept laughing they do <laughs> they, they just do kept laughing and i'm like my work is done <laughs> you know? But we did have you the steal that or did they steal it from you? That's what I want to know. You know uh, there's a French um, movie. It's called Merci. And I don't know. And you guys who are listening can look for it on uh, YouTube. And it is just as Chad described. A fellow gets on a train and everybody is studious and working and miserable and horrible. I have to go to work. And he just starts laughing. And of course, they look at him like he has six heads and he's right. stay away from him. Let's move away as far away from him as possible. But he just keeps laughing. And pretty soon they start chuckling. And pretty soon the entire train is chuckling. And he goes to the door and he looks at them and they're all laughing still. And he just smiles and goes on to the next train. <laughs> nice. Goes on to the next train to do it again. No, I, it just makes the day start right. I'm I'm a I'm a whacked out person. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> I do things different. Um, I used to have a habit of 
going through Walmart, and you know the whole people of Walmart, you know, where they dress weird and all do all the crazy things, and <laughs> they, they make fun of them. Well, I was like the opposite of that. I was the guy that walked in. I had a nice pair of slacks on, a belt on, a nice shirt, and I would walk up, and I would find the biggest, gruffest, meanest-looking dude I could. And I'd be like, yep, that's him. And I'd just start moving forward at about double time. I was like, dude, how have you been? It has been so long. Give him a great big bear hug. It's like, how have you been, man? You know, how's everybody going? How's your family? And they, they, they go, uh, uh. Who the heck are you? They start answering because they don't know what else to do. And you smile. I was like, man, I am so glad to see you today. It is, man, just you look confused and they're like i i am a little confused i was like you don't because you you don't remember me do you he's like no because we've never met but you have an amazing day i get belly laps i used to get snickers i'd get head shakes i've been punched i've been slapped i've been kicked in the groin <laughs> And every single time, all I could think is, your life will never be the same. You were loved by a stranger. You know what? There's the old thing. You could always give something of yourself, even if it's a smile, yeah. or in your case, a laugh and a hug. And some people don't like that. I recognize right. that. But you know, I mean, nowadays, it'd be like, you assaulted me. Yeah. But, yeah. You yeah. know what? I just, I walked right up and poured love on you. And, and that's that's what it's all about, to recognize that you can share that love. And with that, whenever you give to somebody else, you just feel good inside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, that's all there is to it. You just feel good inside. When you, I, I've spoken to people who say, golly, I wish I had never done that. I wish mm -hmm. I, I had done something different. And you know what let's go back let's go back to that time think about yourself at that time the information you had the age you were how oh, everything that was going on and how educated you were about what was going on well I didn't know I didn't know and I didn't know okay so let me ask you with the information that you had at the time, the education you had at the time, and and the person that you were at the time, would you have done anything different? Oh, I guess I probably wouldn't have because I wouldn't have known better. Now you do. Now you can share your wisdom with others. Mm -hmm. And and let's let's let go of that because the fact is if you look at that situation you can say thank you thank you because that actually taught me and moved me to where i am now sitting in front of chad and karen and and seeing the world with different eyes i remember i was i was reading a book by a uh, autobiography by goldie hahn mm. And I, I love Goldie Hunt. And she I had written too. this. Um, pardon me? I used to, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in love with her. her, her I just had a crush on yeah, her. Yeah, Kurt Russell. 
Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's my age. I said, yeah. Yeah, that's a possibility. This is good. <laughs> anyway, um, and, and actually, he rode up a chairlift at a ski resort that with my daughter. It was too funny. It, it, he had just finished doing Escape from New York. So he mm -hmm. had the long hair and gruffy beard and everything. And and I, I looked at him and he said, is that Kurt Russell riding up there with my, my daughter? And they had a lovely conversation on the way up on the chairlift. And <laughs> then we went down to the uh, have lunch in the in the lodge. And and I leaned over to my cousin and I said, is that Kurt Russell? And she looked around and she said, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, in Maine, that really surprised me. But anyway, um, I read this this uh, autobiography, and some of the things that she went through were I can't even relate to. I simply can't even relate to. And I, they just sounded so horrible. And yet in the book, there was absolutely no animosity any victimhood, any retaliation, any nothing but love for what it taught her. Mm. And I thought, obviously, she's she's done the the psychological bit of rewriting your story in the way you want it to be. And why not? Why not? Because we need to learn how to forgive. We need to be able to let go. And we got power. We can rewrite that story. Just like you were talking about. We can rewrite that story. We can educate ourselves. And we can make the difference in the world that we are here to make. And if you don't know what that is, give yourself a break and find someone who can help you help you find that. And when you do, the prosperity starts coming in. That's all there is to it. The abundance is all around us already. Our needs are met already unless we push them away. And being aware of what prosperity means to you. What does abundance mean to you? Mm -hmm. And it isn't always the way you expect, but it does show up for you in uh, fantabulous ways. I'm just trying to think the other day, uh, I was doing something and I thought, dang, I, I just don't have the money in the checking account right now because I have expended it on a coach. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what shows up? The very same thing for $47. Mm. You know, a, a $5,000 program, I'm giving it to you for $47. That works. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. It is, it is, the possibilities are there. Recognizing what it is that your desire really is. And as you mentioned earlier, Chad, your why. Why are you doing it? Why do you want it? Why is it important? 
because if it's not really important, if it's because somebody else has it and you want it, that's not a good enough reason. Mm -mm. That's why when people come to me and say, oh, I wish I had the life you had, have. I wish I could live your life. Well, no, you don't. No, you don't. Because I have things that you don't like mm -hmm. that are fine with me. But you wouldn't like them any more than I could live your life. But if you want to change your life, be a, a little more secure, a little more affluent, if you want to put that a little more prosperous, yes, we can do that. But the bottom line for most of my clients is they want peace and freedom. Freedom to do what they want, go where they want, be with who they want. They want to be loved and have the freedom to love back. They want the peace and the comma. Every single person as I was doing my, my uh, development research was, there's so many stories. There's so much drama in my life. Well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Change your story. Get Change your environment. Well, I can't change my environment because my story is around my family and I can't leave my family. Well, you can distance yourself. You can, I mean, honestly, I put a little, oh, I iron shield around me sometimes when I needed to, when mm -hmm. I had to be with a family member that was challenging. And I had to talk to myself and I had to, let go of the expectation and that is a key thing too since i gave up expectations things got a whole lot better <laughs> and to be able to go in and surround yourself with this invisible cloak of protection so that any negativity is not going to come to you you can just smile you have tools like laughing for no reason just <laughs> smiling they may think you're crazy, but hey, who's more important, them or you? And here's a secret. When they think you're crazy, they give you more space. <laughs> they, they do. I, I had a friend um, say, Karen, why aren't you going to get that that dent out of the side of your car? You, you've had that for like two years. <laughs> and, you know, would you like me to bang it out for you? I said, no, no, don't do that. Everybody stays away from me because they see the dent in the car. <laughs> Works for me. My car <laughs> runs. I have no problem. Works had, for me. I had an old rusty pickup truck and my favorite bumper sticker ever. It said, keep tailgating. Does it look like I have insurance? <laughs> it was a big old rusty truck with no tailgate on it. Funny. <laughs> and you know, Anybody who got close enough to read that thing always just backed off. <laughs> They're like, yeah, redneck from Wisconsin. No. I'll, I'll think about that a little bit Probably more, hit so. the brakes and pull out a shotgun. We're going to leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I absolutely, 
which I want to retouch on something you mentioned um, about letting go mm. and about provision and abundance and whatnot. And it's something that I've learned. And recently, the humor is I, I dove in deep yesterday on this. And then this morning, we have a Monday morning meetup with Chad and a group of us get together and we all just kind of powwow and help each other in business. And there's a little guidance from the guy who's been doing it for a long time. But we got into the power of the letting go part because mm -hmm. we have this abundance and prosperity that is ready to flow into our life. But every time we reach up and try and hold on to our ability to make it happen, like a clenched fist, we constrict that flow into our life. So the moment that we just say, instead of trying to force it to happen by our power, by our making it happen, that letting go allows things to happen freely. It does. And I didn't realize the impact of me being able to have just this visual. Um, but I just, it came to me and it was like it affected me. So I wanted to share it with our, our group. And everybody's face went, and I just watched everybody shift in that moment. And I was like, hey guys, just for a minute. I says, that thing that you're struggling with, that you're worried about, that area of lack that you're holding on to? And they're like, yeah. I says, grab hold of it. And I said, everybody. Last person, <laughs> quick grabs it on the screen. I was like, now I want to think, think about that thing that you're holding on to. I says, and just, just for right now, just, just at this moment, that thing that you're worried about, that lack, that, that thing that's stressing you out, just, just let go. And one person went, another one went, another one went, and I watched them clench even tighter. And then they went, and I watched their whole body just go, And I looked and I said, how's everybody feel? And they're like, wow. Also, they felt that freedom by not having to hold on to that one thing. And I was like, and just for today, just today, don't hold on to it and watch to see what happens by tomorrow. And we let it go. Well, cool I love that. That was this morning. I already got a positive come back from somebody where a situation completely shifted that they've been struggling with in one day. I that love it. Like, yes. <laughs> just you know, by learning to just let go of things that you can't control and allow things to happen that are ready. Like the oak tree. It doesn't force the water to come to it. It just soaks up what comes. You know, and yeah. it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So I just that want to say thank you thing. for, Thank you for kind of just reaffirming that again today. Um, when you brought that up, I'm like, yep, yeah, okay, this is, this is three times in a row in less than 24 hours. So, yeah, we, we got that solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's a key for me, too, is the, the number three. If it happens three times in a short period of time, it's something you should pay attention to, guys. And I love that simplicity of, it does not have to be that hard. Yeah. And you know, sometimes things are very emotional. 
about it. In business, we can say we want it to happen this way. We're hanging on to the way it's going to be this way. It has to be this way, but you can just open up your hands and let it go mm-hmm. and allow and be aware of the changes that occur. That is so key, Chad. Yeah. I love that. I love that you did that. And and for me, it was more of um, there, there's a, a saying, you know, not letting go is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. Yeah. And, you know, how much sense is that? Come on, guys. Well, how much sense is that? Right. So, but finding... It, I, I was talking to somebody about that many years ago, uh, at just in passing, and she said, I am not going to let go until that person apologizes. But that person may never apologize. Well, I can't let it go. I said, is it hurting you? Yeah, of course it's hurting me. Then let it go. Then let it go. But no, not until he apologizes. Not All right, that's your choice. That's your choice. Recognize yep. that we always have a choice. Just take responsibility for the choices that we make. And when I I realized that I needed to do that with an individual, and I thought, well, how do I do that? How do I do that? Because mm-hmm. I was hurt. People were hurt. I was resentful. And finally, by being open and aware, looking at their life and looking at mine, compassion came in. And I was able to let go of all of the horrible things that occurred because it it was more compassion for them. Now, that does that make me want to sink down somebody said compassion is sinking down into the gutter with them i said no no i have compassion for them i do not have to go into the gutter to right right. express that no one of the one of the things that uh because you and i both we, we keep running into the people i'm not letting go until yeah yeah and the one thing that i've learned is most of them think that eventually that person is going to apologize, ask forgiveness, make amends. And when I see them stuck on this point, I always ask them, if they thought it was the wrong thing, do you really think they would have done it in the first place? And if they thought it was acceptable, what makes you think they're going to apologize for it now? You're waiting for something that will never happen and you're giving away your control for your own happiness based you're, on somebody else's ignorance of a wrongdoing. You're affecting go, your health. Yeah. I'm like, look, they thought it was okay. They're not going to apologize to you. Stop, as you said, stop drinking the poison. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, and, and that's, oh. that's the key. Recognize the only thing that we have control over is ourselves and how we respond to things or react. And I am against reaction myself. If I can avoid reacting, I will. 
but learn how to respond so that when the situation occurs, which it will again, probably, you'll be able to respond in a way that makes you feel good and not uh, offended in any way. But learning how to respond and recognize we are the only ones that we have control over. I can't control what people think about me. I can try and influence it. I certainly can try and inf- Do I like to be liked? Of course I do. I love to be liked. I like people telling me nice things. Of course I do. But is it an absolute necessity? No, no. Because my intention is to share wisdom as kindly with as much heart as I possibly can, but I cannot control how somebody else will interpret it. If they were having a horrible, no good, very bad day, and I come in and say, you know what? You can change that in a heartbeat, which you can, by the way, uh-huh. with a simple laugh or something. <laughs> that, But they, without going into more depth, and more time and more practice, um, they're they're going to say Karen's full of the woo woo juice. That's all there is to it, you know. <laughs> yeah, because it's amazing how people will, based on the lens that they are looking through, will see something so completely different. I did a I did a, a video, um, and I put it inside my group. Um, actually going to put it up on my profile so people can actually enjoy it outside of the group too. Um, But I was just talking about, hey, today is Monday. It's a beautiful day. And the amazing thing about today is the fact that you can't do it again. There is no redo. There is no do over. But today, your potential is here to live your best day ever. And I talked about just being authentic and true and whatever comes out, let the world have you for who you are. And then, then I broke out in song. And I, and I just started singing, being goofy old me. And then I stopped. I says, if it means sing, sing. If it means dance, dance. But no, I'm not going to dance for you because I believe that I'm proof that white boys cannot and should not dance. <laughs> and, you know, just threw it in as a little that's joke. That's a belief. That's right? a belief. You know, and that's what I said because I believe I'm, I'm proof that they shouldn't, right? Like, I am evidence dancing a no-go for a white boy like me, right? And just as a joke, living, loving, laughing, having a good time. I got a message from somebody inside my group, private message me, and said, if this is the way that you're going to present, then I'm leaving. I won't tolerate racism. And I'm like, racism? I'm talking about being your true and authentic self. And so I go back and I watch this nine minute video and I'm like, because I said, I believe that I'm evidence that a white boy can't and shouldn't dance. And therefore, I'm racist. And I went, wow. Thank you for leaving and opening up space for people who love life. Well, I'm not upset by that person. No. Like, that's their lens. That's how they want to take things because that's what they see the world as. Me, I just yeah. looked at it and says, thank you so much for leaving. Because this it's, isn't the place for you. It's a lot of anger. Yeah. 
and you and being able to to recognize and and I really honor that I think because we can learn from those comments yeah we can learn and we can go back and look at what we said what we did and learn from it and say okay well I I see I see where they might have gotten that thought would I have done it any differently another time probably not because I got my point across and I wasn't being racist and I was just yep. making a point of feeling good about the moment and each moment we have is gone it's gone it's gone yep. it's gone so make each moment as wonderful as you possibly can see I always get a kick out of it because I crack jokes about that all the time like I've been singing for years in front of thousands of people i've been on stages i got no problem being in front of people and i used to joke with people i says the reason that i sing acapella isn't because i have such a great voice it's just that i have a rhythm that nobody else in the world can keep beat with <laughs> like, and then i'll crack a joke if you don't believe me you should see me try and dance <laughs> right i have no rhythm in fact when i would go to the club i danced best sitting in the bar stool where I couldn't move. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so yep. maybe just joking. tapping a foot or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I didn't even do that because I couldn't keep that on me. <laughs> but I would joke about that for years. And what I would always hear is probably at least four or five times a year. And this is a pretty consistent joke with me. People would talk about racist. And I'm thinking, have you seen me? I'm about as white as they get, folks. <laughs> like, I'm racist against me? <laughs> like, <laughs> half of them would be like, okay, you got a point. I probably took that wrong. I'm like, probably. <laughs> and I used to do stand-up comedy, so I got a really thick skin with the hecklers. And now again, nowadays, it's like not even having a thick skin. It's that point where you said you just start to have a heart of compassion for that person because you go, wow, what place are they coming from? Where are they at to where that, me picking on myself, is offensive to them? How much more do they need us to love on? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it, <clears throat> you can't it is hatred with hatred. We need more love in the world and understanding and honestly, I have seen that when we shift our thinking, when we shift the way we react and we respond, and we shift our energy and lift it, the world around us changes. Mm. And I, I, as a people pleaser and self-doubter, oh, I, anybody, anybody who looked at me strange i took on the guilt like nobody i did something wrong i did something wrong this is bad how can i correct it mm -hmm. and finally finally i asked somebody who really responded in a way that was not the way i had hoped mm -hmm. by any means and 
finally I said, you know what? Obviously, I am not communicating well. And I was brought up never to ask questions. So it took years to get to this point to finally say, how could I have said that so it would not have been offensive? And the response that I got at the time was, you couldn't have. How could I have said this so that you could hear me, so you could better understand? And the response was, you couldn't have. You were very clear. And I thought, fine. I said, so tell me what it is that I said that you got so angry about. Mm. And because I want to know. And then I make my own choice of whether I'm going to continue or not. It's all fine, you know. But uh, it, it was, no, you couldn't have said it any better. And there wasn't any better way that you could have done it. And I say thank you for that because it actually gave me strength to recognize it wasn't all me. Yeah. It was the people around me sometimes who didn't want to hear me didn't want to understand yeah and and that when i realized it didn't it wasn't my fault i had no reason to feel guilty i had no reason to have self-doubt if your intention is a pure one i guess is the way i can put it if your intention is to help people raise their vibration, to feel better about themselves, to bring more abundance into their life. Uh, mind you, I am not a business coach or anything like that, but as a, a mindset mentor to, to lift that vibration. And I tell you, when I finally stood in my own power without, ha, 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 I am I am so good. I am strong. I am powerful. Ta-da. No, it was, I know in my heart that I can do what I want to do because I know why it's important. And I know the people I can surround myself with, like your group, it is absolutely so empowering. I had somebody come up to me and say, I don't want to be powerful. Well, okay, so what other word would you like to be? Well, I'd like to be strong. Okay, cool. Let's use strong. strong. Yeah, it's all good. So different people hear different things, different ways, and that's okay. As you know, uh, you don't have to change yourself or go into a pretzel to please other people. Stop being people pleasers, people. <laughs> be happy instead. So That's if somebody right. told me that, they yeah. said you can be a people pleaser or you can just be happy. It's up to you, but you can't do both. <laughs> and <I> went, wow, <laughs> there's direct. <laughs> and, and another thing, I, I have a definition here, Chad. We have 
I don't know, we're way over. I don't know how long you're, you have, but I have um, the idea that being happy, we all have to rely on outside influence to be happy. The people we surround ourselves with or or the sunshine. I mean, I'm a lot happier when the sun is shining, that's for sure. Um, but it's an outside influence. What our goal in life would be is to feel the joy. The joy is always inside of us. It is what makes the day great when you can feel the joy inside of you and and just feel good about being there's hey how does it get better than this i don't know but i can't wait to find out and that's why i love what you're doing chad i love what you're doing because you are bringing that evidence that tools to give people so they can feel that joy in what they're doing. Yeah, people used to question it like, right after I have a, a, a 10 month old son that passed away oh. and people couldn't figure out why, why I was smiling, like laughing in just a matter of days. And I said, because this is, you have to understand this is, Happiness is based on our external circumstance and situations. Sadness is based on our external circumstance and situations. I says, but the joy in my heart is more powerful than the depth of my deepest sorrow. So even in this moment, I can still experience joy without discounting the sadness and grief. I can experience joy. And because I've exercised that muscle so much, it's greater than all of the rest. It says, I still experience this. I still had spent almost seven years. I still, I still tear up when I think about my son, which is often, but it doesn't steal my joy. Yeah, you can but... take everything away from me, but you cannot take that because that's that's an internal thing that I control. I get to change the thermostat whenever I want because it's not my circumstances. Sadness? Sadness will take a toll on you if you let that be the meter engage in your life. But there's yeah. an internal thermostat that we get to control, and that's joy. You can turn it up and you can turn it down, but you can't turn it off. Once you find it, once you find it, exactly. Once you find it. And, and it takes practice to hang on to it and keep finding it until it becomes a part of you, mm -hmm. until you can feel it in your very soul. And I, I love that. I, I can't even imagine what that must have been like for you, Chad. But finding that ability to smile over the joy that you had of the time that you had together is so much better than wallowing in the sadness of of loss oh, yeah. i i people wondered how i did 
things. And this is before I started really in the coaching realm. And I had been taking care of my parents and my sister died and my, my nephew died and aunts died and all in a very short period of time. And all I was, I was focused. I was focused on my folks, mm. on my parents. They were the only thing in my world at that time. And um, I realized I'd never grieved. After everyone had passed, I I said, something is wrong. I am empty, and I don't mm -hmm. know why. And it was because I had never grieved, because I had to focus on my parents. Right. I had to take care of them. So I never gave myself permission to really look at the situation. And it took a while, but now I can think about my folks and all of everything that was not good at the time and just say, hey, it happened. It's part of life. I'm still here. All is good. And and heaven knows it could have been differently. It, and I was ready to take responsibility for the, the, the uh, I, I left my husband for almost five years to take care of my parents in another state. And I, I had to do a lot of soul searching of what was most important to me at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. And I knew he was a big boy. He could take care of himself. And my folks didn't have anyone else to take care of them. Yeah, they could have gone into a nursing home. That was fine. Mm -hmm. Not for me. I would I have I would have lived with regret for the rest of my life if I had let them go into a nursing home. So I soul searched and I said to my husband, Darling, I love you. I hope you'll stay with me. But if you can't, I understand. I cannot control you. I can only control me. You cannot control me. I can control me. Mm -hmm. So, and I am going to live with my parents. And um, it was all perfect. It gave him the freedom to take care of his mom, who was aging. I took care of my parents. We got together as often as we could. And, and, uh, but taking responsibility for yourself and knowing that no one can control you or your decisions except you and yeah. be ready to take the responsibility for those decisions as you did. You were ready to take the responsibility for helping that girl. Yeah. And, and that's what it's all about. It not, not maybe uh, a great choice, but it was a choice. And you, might have done things a little differently, but maybe not because you, that girl needed help right then. Exactly. And, you know, you do what you have resources to do and you make those decisions. Yep. And she was safe until her birthday. And at age 18, she was free to do whatever she wanted, go wherever she wanted. And I knew she was safe in the protection of one of my buddies from the service. 
and therefore definitely going to be good (laughs) and and your joy your joy just fills my heart i can see it in you that yeah well i loved it because a lot of people they would end up in my situation where i landed and they'd be like oh man no i'm stuck here what am i gonna do every single day i would sit there and i had a check mark off until her birthday so every single day i'm like she's one day closer to freedom my my captivity brings her one day closer to freedom from a terrifying and horrifying existence. This is, this is so worth it. So for me, it was like, and you know, if you do that for six months, you just build a gratitude for where you are. And then after that, it was like, I don't even care. It was so worth it today. It was, it was so worth it today. It was so worth it. Every morning you just get up and like, this is so worth it today for her to live that life now. And all that you learned, yeah. all of the good stuff that you learned and what you're doing for people now, that might not have happened. And the impact that I was able to make in the lives of other inmates. Yeah. Because I was different than every other person that was there. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm not guilty because, you know, there's not a guilty person in prison. Trust me. There's, <laughs> they're all innocent. <laughs> but no, it was like I walked in and like, heck, yeah, I did it. And they're like, what? Like, oh yeah. Well, why'd you do it? Oh, to help somebody. Do you owe them? No. They were hurting. We used to get in some really deep conversations in which I watched lives change the whole time I was in there. I'm like, the last thing that you want to do is stick me in a closed room with a bunch of people who are hurting and expect them not to change. (laughs) They're gonna change because joy, it's it's kind of like water. You can't be immersed in it and not get wet. So flood the room. Flood the room. <laughs> flood, the with, room. <laughs> flood the room with love and joy. Uh, yeah, some depending upon where they're coming from, sometimes that joy can really be almost too blinding for them. But if you can mm-hmm. fill the room with love that's coming from that joy. Yeah. How does it get better than this? I don't know, but I can't wait to find out. Right. So what I do have to ask, I know we're going to have some notes down in the show notes, but how can people who can't access the show notes right now, how can they reach out and connect with you? Ah, thanks for asking. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the best place is on LinkedIn uh, or, or just, um, let's say, have a conversation. Love to have a conversation at KarenStultz.com forward slash let's talk beautiful beautiful and that's me all the time i tell people like my clients and like what's the best way to have a conversation with somebody new and i'm like it's a little button right up at the top looks like a camera just click it and they're like what i was like just click the call button video call they're like well not everybody wants to get on a video call guess what they'll turn it down if you hit the video call and they answer boom you've automatically started at that most transparent open place. If they reject it, leave them a voice message, just a quick voice memo. If they respond back with a voice memo, you've connected at that highest level that they're willing to open up to you. If you leave a voice memo and they leave you a text response, then communicate with them in text because that's the level that they're comfortable on. But why start at text and spend four weeks trying to get up to that let's talk in person 
just call them. They might be like me and just sit down and break into a nice long conversation. All of a sudden you do six months worth of work in 20 minutes. Hey, you know what? I, I like that too. I like that too. And if I am available, that that takes you to my calendar. The let's talk takes you to my calendar. We can set things up. It has a little, what do you want to talk about? Just want to get to know you better. That's cool, whatever. But yeah, if you'd like to, my my number is right next to my name if you're watching it. If not, it's 207 I'm in Maine, beautiful yep. Maine, the way life should be. Uh, 200-4335. And yeah, give me a call. Yeah, because I think that's the amazing way to do it. Now, I, I hate closing it out when I'm having amazing conversations with amazing people because that's what Achieving Greater is all about, right? Bringing amazing people and connecting with, with the amazing people that need you. Um, but there's one question I love to ask people at the end of every interview. Okay. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. From now, back to the beginning of the creation of the world. If you could pick just one person to have a meal with and sit down and have a meal with, what would you eat and where would you eat it? <laughs> Oh, I love that because it makes you laugh and totally unexpected, right? <laughs> right. Totally unexpected. I love it. You know, I would be with the Queen of England. I would love to be with the Queen of England on an island in the Venice Canals on I can't even remember the name of the restaurant, but it was, it was heaven. It was heaven being there. And I, no spaghetti, no pasta, <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the, I, I, I can't even tell you what kind of meal it would be because I love people. I love meeting people and learning from people and making a difference, sharing what I learned. Awesome. So if you guys are ever looking for, um, I hope she's not with the Queen, Queen of England when you find her. But if she <laughs> happens to be on the aisle at the restaurant, pull up a chair. I'm sure that Karen will love your company. So with Always. that, we always just want to say again, Aaron, thank you so much for coming in and sharing with us today, sharing your heart, your wisdom, your passion, your laughter, and your joy. Oh, um, thank you, Chad, for making it all possible. Really, really appreciate it. I mean, I'll tell you, how does it get better than this? I don't know, but I can't wait to find out. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Remember, y'all, there is beauty, there is grace, and there is greatness within you. Now go unleash that in the world today. We'll talk soon.